Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What's up, young adulting community? We are back with episode two of season two. So welcome wherever you're joining in from, listening from. We love you. We're excited to jump into the conversation today because season two is all about relationships. And so we've been answering some questions that have come in on social media and uh, we're going to attack those. But today's conversation is going to be particularly interesting and uh, exciting. So you're going to want to stick around. I'm joined by my good friends, Erica and Joel, and it's going to be a fun time. We're hanging out together. Uh, We're not sponsored by LaCroix. But it is a good beverage, just saying. But before we jump off the conversation, talking about relationships, we do have, have Casey in the with us. Yes, yes. This so this is something very important to know. <laughs> Each week, we're going to have Casey or Joel or somebody in the booth, but you'll have to stick around with us to uh, to find out who it is. It's kind of like the fact checking machine. So, Casey, what's up? Hey, she's there. Before I throw it to you, uh, we're talking about how our relationships have changed over the last couple of years with COVID and isolation. Um, but before we jump into that, I got to ask like a, like a dad joke question. Um, My favorite. How much? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Hopefully, this makes the cut. Check. Check. Yeah. Yeah. How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Casey, take it away with an icebreaker. <laughs> that was a gr- that was a great transition, Tyler. I'm gonna Thank high you. five you across the table for that one. Thank that you. was a good one. Casey in the booth. <laughs> All right, booth. I got it. So, okay, we're talking about you know last couple of years. How we're talking about relationships this season, right? Okay, so we're talking about how COVID, isolation, quarantine, all that kind of stuff has changed our relationships. A lot of people talking about, I feel like a different person now, or I used to be an extrovert, and now I feel very introverted. So there's a hint of like, you know, social awkwardness, social anxiety to all that kind of thing, if you know what I mean. So (laughs) where my brain went straight to, I guess, for my my personal experience is something that I feel like is so real. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on are things that feel embarrassing, but shouldn't, or rather things that feel embarrassing for no reason. Does this, does this statement resonate with you at all? That's a good thought provoking. Okay. I have, I have some examples for you to, to ponder sitting there while people sing you happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We agree. Embarrassing. Kind of weird. You don't know what to do. do. Yeah. Okay. Saying bye to someone and then walking away in the same direction. Yes. The worst. Okay. Pretty real. (laughs) Here's another one. Opening cards and trying to pretend that you don't see the money in them. (laughs) (laughs) Got a few more. People watching you do something and then them watching you do it makes you forget how to do it. Yep. Yeah. The worst. Okay. Cool. The worst. I mean, maybe this is like the musician in me speaking, but anytime someone's like, oh yeah, how does that song go? And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I'm sorry, what do you like? (laughs) (laughs) All right, a few more. Uh, Pretending to need something else from the grocery store until the person that's in the way of the item you actually need moves out of the way. Oh, I do this frequently. (laughs) I end up with, especially at Target, it's the worst because Target's just like a trap for money. Yes, because saying, um, excuse me, is just, it's not an option. It's not an option. Okay, here's one. These last two are, 
to me, the most relevant ones. Walking back after bowling. Like walking back after your turn in bowling. Come on! <laughs> I don't ever bowl. This is pretty specific. <laughs> yeah. What, what else would you do? You're telling me you don't feel so awkward like turning around and walking back to everybody after you just bowled? <laughs> Bowling's just an awkward experience in general. We're being honest with ourselves. Oh, 100%. I, just, I know I'm not good at it, so I'll throw with all the confidence that I got to strike and just walk away, knowing it's probably a gutter ball. This is the last one. This is my number one. Things that feel embarrassing for no reason or things that feel embarrassing but should not. Grabbing your luggage from the overhead bin yep. after a flight. There's so much pressure. I agree. Pressure performance. And there's so much pressure to like leave your seat quickly. You know what I mean? That too. And I feel like on the opposite side of it, like I know that I have a hard time having grace for people that take way too long in the plane. So then I feel like those people are doing the same thing to me when I take too long in the plane. Mm. That's great. <laughs> That's all I got. Casey from the booth, can I say two of mine I just thought? Say them. Okay, so this goes two ways. When you walk in through a door and someone's behind you, and so you hold the door wide open. I mean, there's no way the door is going to close. And then the person walks through the door but puts their hand on the door like your door is not actually being held open. Right, so there's that. I always feel like... Or when you hold it huh? and someone's like, oh, I'm actually not, I'm not, I'm yeah, not going yeah, away, sorry. Yeah. Or the other one where you, like, someone holds the door open for you, but you're like 15, 20 yards away. And so you feel like the, I got to run, like, but no, they opened run. it for you. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. should I walk? Like, now they opened it for me. So I feel like I have to speed up. But really, like, we should just continue walking at the same normal pace and not feel awkward about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing know. with crossing, crossing the street. Same thing. Where I like, don't know, man. I, I don't know. It, okay, maybe crossing the street, like in your neighborhood or something. I don't know. Anytime I someone's stopping, I I hurried, hurriedly walk across the street because when people just stroll, I'm like, okay, let's yeah. pick up the pace a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I love this. I love sharing awkward experiences, making sure we're all. In the same Story page. So, uh, Casey set us up. We're, we're talking about some things we feel awkward doing that we shouldn't because sometimes being social and uh, honestly, relationships are, if we're talking about relationships, are, are hard and confusing and awkward. Uh, I had someone tell me it's only awkward if you make it awkward, which I think is somewhat true, but a lot of times I was like, ah, oh, I think that is just, that was a really just unavoidably awkward scenario. So, <laughs> today, if you're like, where are you guys going with this? We're, we're talking about how our relationships, how they've been different coming out of the, the quarantine season that we're in for the better part of 2020, where we weren't in close proximity. Um, let's, let's jump into the conversation today. Um, how, how do we think that relationships might be different um, in your life or, or those around you um, from bef- before COVID, now after COVID? What's, what's different in your life and your relationships? I think... I think for me, even before the quarantine, I just think that our generations and the generations after us are already a little attention deficit just because there's so many things to distract us. And I know for me coming out of that season, I almost had to retrain myself socially because you're so used to um, not having necessarily the gravity of someone or accountability really having someone directly face to face with you when you're having a conversation or discussing something. And it was so easy to just tap out of something when you were mentally done or if you were bored or whatever. It's so easily distracted by a bunch of other things. And it really wasn't a There was some cost to it, but the normal cost that you experience face-to-face was not there. So it was really easy to just kind of drop things and move to the next thing, Um, even when people were still engaged in a conversation or talking through things or work things or whatever. There was just so many 
the digital distraction was just so uh, rampant, even more so than it was before quarantine. So I remember coming back coming back out of that and being in more circles with people and engaging with people more socially. Um, it was really interesting because I just had to retrain myself to like, hey, you can't just pick up your phone in the middle of someone telling you a story about something. You need to engage with the conversation. And uh, as someone, I, I have a background of social anxiety pretty badly through um, my middle school years. Uh, I would say maybe three or four years post-college. And so um, I, I had already had to train myself in that way to learn how to just engage with people and not be so scared of it and not um, know how to continue in conversation and things like that. Then I feel like I regressed through that mm. and then was able to come back to it. So it, it was interesting in a positive way. I feel like we all gained kind of an understanding of how, um, I don't know. I feel like I, my hand extends to more people now and I have a little more grace when people's plans change or if I don't talk to someone for a couple weeks, it's not like so, weird to me or offensive. Like some people get offended. They don't talk to someone. Some of my best friends, I talk to them maybe once a month mm. for a couple hours. We catch up. It's like nothing uh, was ever lost and we, and we move on. So I don't know. It, it deepens some of my relationships and make me give, um, have a different perspective on relationships, but also definitely had to retrain my social awareness and social skills post that um, just to be able to remain engaged in conversation and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think for me, it's made, um, some of my relationships, at least specifically with my family, healthier. Um, just because my family was always, um, and I'm not sure if it's like a Hispanic culture thing or if it's a, I'm not really sure what, if it's unique to my family, but it was always like, well, we're going to get together and we're going to do this. And we're going to get together and we're going to do this. And we're going to get together and like we'll hang out and that's how we build community and that's how we end up being family. And um, with COVID, obviously, it's like, you can't hang out with people. Um, and so our family had to figure out how to become, like, digitally better. And that's still, like, true. Like, my mom sends me voice notes all the times now. Like, I've actually um, sat down and gotten, like, a a calendar invite with my sister, which is just so strange because now we're, like, adults. And so we, like, <laughs> calendar on our lives and we're like, hey, actually, in order for us to keep up with each other, we need to figure out like a digital way to do this because she's moved to Seattle and these different things. And so it's actually made our relationships like healthier and it's helped deepen it on that extent. It's great. It's so crazy, honestly, to sit down and talk about this because we're really not even very far removed from, yeah. from that experience. And yet it feels like so long ago. Yeah. And it feels like so much has changed. Um, and, and I wonder if a lot of the things that have changed have just been our perspective on how we view like life and people. Um, I was, uh, talking to the pastor a couple a couple weeks ago and honestly this is like a really basic thing but he's like we need to get back to the place where we value proximity with people and yeah. like make it a priority and uh there's something about being like face to face with somebody like something like this like we could do this over zoom and you know like i'm sure the content would probably be the same but the experience would be completely different 100%. and like you know the what's built in this space is maybe different than what would be built in the digital space. So how do we think that like our relationships have, have been shaped or changed because of the digital space, whether for, for good uh, or, or for worse? What have you seen that look like in your, your maybe your personal life, um, your work life um, for our generation? What are some things that we think digital spaces has shaped? Yeah, I think it, again, it comes down to accountability of the face-to-face um of being with someone face to face I don't know I feel like 
I love technology. I love the advancement of technology. I love the conveniences that it affords for us. I do think in the process, like we possibly could have lost a bit of our humanity just because I feel like we're so used to quick and convenient. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, huh. I don't know if it'll affect us as much. I think about the generations coming in the future, how they're not specifically this is this season, but this season in tandem with it already being a highly digital generation and and um, you know people being attached to their phones and attached to the internet. Are people going to know how to develop lasting, healthy friendships yeah. where you walk with people through hard seasons in life and not just? turn something off and be like, I'm done with this because this is difficult. I'm going to go move on to something that's easier for me to manage or mitigate in my head. And so um, I'm interested to see just because we're, we're we're far enough out of it to kind of understand like, okay, this is how we've been shaped, but still so close to it to understand like kind of the ripple effect of that. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've, I think we're learning it again, but I feel like for a while the the art of understanding how to build deeper relationships might have been lost. I don't know. I don't know, Joel, if you have anything to add to that, but a couple of things like I've really like thought about digitally in the fact of like even in the space of like when you have like a a breakup, when you have something major happen in your life, the great thing about technology like I think of when I was overseas for college right and I remember going through a I, it wasn't a breakup but it was like a really um actually it might have been a breakup with my wife actually I think she told me like <laughs> like we weren't dating um this is a relationship we series we married, sorry um we were dating and she is like I don't want to be with you anymore and I remember like bawling my eyes out to my mom um, over like Zoom, and so thankful for the fact mm-hmm. that like right. technology ma- made a way for me to stay in contact with my mom and have like community and have this um, accountability. But then I'm also really sensitive to the fact like there's no replacement, um, and I don't think there ever will be a replacement yeah. for having someone there physically mm-hmm. while you're going through something. Hundred percent. The other thing I think about like completely, completely different in the digital space. Mm. But no longer is it like, oh, what were you doing this weekend? It's like a, oh, I saw that you A hundred percent. And I think when it comes to our relationships in person, uh, even myself, like it, it's taking me time to train myself and reminding myself, like, it doesn't matter that I saw this on social media. It doesn't, like, it, it does to an extent, but I actually need to, I need to, make sure I'm asking the right questions yeah. in person to get to know this person because mm-hmm. yep. it's not just about like showing love through like it is saying like, hey, I value enough to hear. I want to hear about all the details of mm-hmm. this, not just whatever you posted. Mm-hmm. I think that on the flip side of that, that mentality also enables people to not walk through life with people or share things that they're walking through in community. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying you go share your deep, dark history with every single person you meet on the street. But what I'm saying is I think we need to be aware that people are watching our lives and the last thing people need is more highlight reels. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if people comment on successes and things like that. There's always something worth celebrating. But I think that we also need to feel a responsibility that there's a shadow side to that to manage. And it's not just, I'm going to, 
post about or show just all my positive things. And I think there's discretion to talking about, you know, the harder parts of life. But um, I think it, it could be a very easy, easy thing to be enabled to do when people are just looking at these quick snapshots and you can control what that looks like. Um, and it's easy to control what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, not everything that we see is, is, is true reality. And, and kind of like, Joel, what you're saying is... Uh, when you are on social media and you do see stuff that's happening in the lives of your friends or even just like whatever, whatever acquaintances, um, it can sometime, uh, it pulls back the intentionality of actually asking. And so I've been off social media for a couple of weeks just, and so I'm like, I don't know. It feels so weird what happens outside of like nine to five of the people I'm with unless I ask them anymore um, or, or find that out. And there's something feels uh, a little special in actually asking that because yeah. I'm like hearing it from them versus like seeing it seeing it in a different space. And so um, gr- grateful and val- I think that's super valuable. I think a huge lesson I've learned because when I graduated from high school, I moved away and I've literally been out of my parents' house since 2012, you know, summer here or there. But um, I think something I learned before COVID and then definitely after is that where physical proximity is not possible, the digital space becomes so valuable. Yeah. Like for family, like all I've known since I've been 18 is like FaceTime and group chats with my family because physical proximity is not possible, but where it is possible, it, it doesn't do justice. And so trying to like, oh, if you're in my, if I can make it happen to be in proximity with you, I want to, it's worth it because you talk about like the low moments and the high moments. I went through a horrible, horrible breakup um, at like 21 and was devastated in college. And my brother, who's two years younger, went to college with me. And I, he was literally my counselor for like four straight months where I would, I mean, I literally was like holding his hands at a coffee table, just like crying and pouring my guts out. And he's this introvert, like I'm exhausting him. And I like, I needed yeah. that. Yeah. Like right. I, like I needed like to be touched <laughs> yeah. and like held. And, and I think, um, we don't acknowledge that. Um, and so then when that something else happens there's a trauma that happens or there's something that get, rocks our life um, and we're not able to have those that physical proximity with people maybe it's a phone call and we're grateful but it doesn't do the same thing like I was on the phone with my brother in the fall after our family went through something difficult like crying and same comfort different experience yeah. of like man we're just built we're literally designed and built to be face to face. I was, we were talking about this. I just was thinking about when Jesus, you know, he died, he, he was resurrected and he's revealing himself to people. And like, imagine if everyone is finding out about this on like social media, like, oh, I just saw like Jesus was raised. And like, Thomas, like, oh, I saw this, but what does he say? He literally was like, until I touch, like, until I oh, yeah. get face to face and put my hands in his wounds, like, I'm, I'm, no, there's something like, I think just so different about, that and so so valuable so yeah i think there's a lot still we have, we have to process around this conversation but we're grateful for the digital space um because uh, we can connect with people we literally can't be in the same room with which is just crazy that i can facetime my parents and my like two-year-old now knows my mom like i know my mom through a screen and literally will like he literally said a couple months ago up up <laughs> like her Aww, and it was earth shattering her heart like, yeah. like broke and then she flew down like two weeks later <laughs> but like there's I'm like yeah. that is profound that he has made an intimate connection with someone that he's not in the same space so super grateful alright let's uh, let's ch- turn the corner a little bit um, FOMO mm. I think when we talk about uh, the digital space FOMO fear of missing out is really real um, here's here's the question uh, on some level, we've all probably experienced FOMO as a result of social media 
what what are some things that we experience? Like, why do we experience FOMO? Is it valid? Is it real? Like, what what are the maybe the things behind those feelings? I'd say yes, it's valid. Yes, it's real. Yes, we all experience it. Let's just all. Everyone experiences FOMO. I mean, I don't. But I'm just <laughs> yeah, I Sorry. definitely do. Oh my gosh, I, almost every day. I only do. Yeah. Um, I think the root of it is believing that like whatever I have isn't what's best, and there is something better out out there for me. Like uh, whatever God is, God is holding out something better for me. I am missing out on this better experience. I'm not going to have connections with people based off of this. And like the truth is, like that's I don't actually believe that that's true like if it was the best thing for you i do believe like god would, that, that that's where you would be that's what god would have for you and even in that like maybe this was the thing that god intended for me and i chose not to do it i still believe like he works all things out together for good um so trusting in that is my limited perspective yeah i'd say as like a, I feel like it's almost like a fork in the road. It either goes that route where it's like, what I have is not good enough or I don't trust that this is the best for me. And the other is I'm not good enough or I don't feel someone didn't value me enough to include me in an experience. And I feel like depending on which way you're bent, I definitely bend more towards that. Oh, like someone didn't value me enough to add me here. I wasn't, or I wasn't good enough for some reason to be included in this experience. And it's something that ends up you know, us chasing these rabbit trails in our minds. I'm like, I wasn't good enough to be included in this. But it's funny because the one thing I love about God is that he always has the wider perspective. And we have such like a dime's amount of a perspective in the big scope of our lives. And it, when we get older or we um, remove ourselves further from the experience, we see how those experiences could have shaped our lives or how in the bigger picture of things, it wasn't that big of a deal. There were some people we probably shouldn't have been around. There are some other things I could have been doing mm. in my free time that are, would positively shape my future, things like that. But in the moment, it, you're so close to it, you're like, oh my gosh. It's like it's like the elephant principle. It's like when you're close to an elephant, mm-hmm. all you see is the skin, and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing's huge. But if you drive away from it like two miles, it looks like a right. pin, you know? So, um, you know, struggling with the idea of like, am I, am I valued enough to be included? Was I good enough to not, to not be, or was I not good enough to not be included kind of thing? But really at the end of the day, Kind of like what you said, Joel, you know, what's for us is for us. What's not for us is not. And we have to trust the process of those things and trust that God knows best. And God has the wider perspective to understand how um, those things can shape us, whether we want to acknowledge it um, or not. We're talking about relationships. This is something, this is a question we're going to ask every uh, person in season two. And what is the greatest piece of relation relationship advice that you've been given? You can take this in um, as in friendships, just in relationships in general, however you want to answer the question, best piece of advice to leave our audience with? Every relationship is made of two people at 100%. Boom. Drop the mic. Um, always ask the question, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, therapist told me this actually this past week or two weeks ago. Um, just when it comes to a relationship, instead of saying, instead of coming to someone and saying like, well, why did you do this? Well, didn't you see this? Well, why? they probably didn't see it. They probably still don't understand it. Um, and there's always more going on. So like when you're going to someone, whether it's conflict, whether it's whatever, ask what's going on. That's great. Casey in the booth. Yes. What you got? Oh, wow. I didn't know I was going to be asked this question. (laughs) It's asking the question, like, do I love 
being loved more than I love the person standing in front of me. If that makes sense. Like, Dang, do I, wow. do I love being loved by the other person or am I, do I love that person so much that I'm willing to relinquish my own preferences and, and love them? That was great. Yeah. You could hold on to that the whole time. It's the not, it's time. not, wasn't my idea. Someone gave it to me. Oh, That's great. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Seems like a great place to, to land for today. Erica, Joel, Casey in the booth. Uh, thanks so much for being a part of this conversation. Again, this is just a uh, launch pads for hopefully more conversations to come. This is relationships. This is young adulting season two. So we will see you next time. We love you. And we will, we'll stay in the loop. Love y'all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.